I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the At Woods End podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> Kittens can be real assholes. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? Who am I? I only show. Oh right. my gosh! Ah, okay. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Elsa. I don't know, is that even a word? Welcome back to the Atwoods End podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Megs. And today we are talking about books and our love of reading, our favorites, the worst and best movie adaptations, and all the little things and more. I'm so excited because I feel like I really rediscovered my love for reading over the last couple of years. Because growing up, I read constantly. I was that kid that read like 30 books in the summer. And then I decided <laughs> to take English in university and it honestly ruined it for me. I don't know. I think there's something about being forced to read things that really makes you never want to read anything again. Yes. <laughs> but in the past few years, I've really like come back to my love of reading. And I'm so glad because I really missed it. Like I think it really bothered me that I didn't enjoy it anymore. That's nice. But, well, welcome yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it doesn't feel like a anymore it feels like fun which is how it used to feel in just a moment we're going to be joined by deb of the bookstagram the little things and more to kind of dive into all things reading and deb is a longtime close friend of mine and is honestly like reading goals for anyone who's looking to get more into the world of books but before we get into that tell me how has your week been Okay, well, I'm sick right now. I don't know how I got sick. I am certainly very unhappy about it. It's not COVID. I've checked multiple times. It's just like a cold or some nonsense. But in better news, my garden is doing what gardens do best and it's growing and I'm really happy about that because I've spent the last couple of weeks tending to that and getting everything ready. And speaking of things that are ready, lilac dinner is prepared and I've also had the opportunity, I've been spending a lot of time in working with my brother-in-law who is opening a bed and breakfast in Stratford. You know, maybe I'll have to talk to him about a little Atwood's own discount code for anybody who's looking <laughs> to get away. If you're in Ontario, Stratford is, I think, one of the most like underrated little towns or cities in Ontario like I feel like people in Kitchener Waterloo or like where I am they know it because it's only about like 45 minutes away but people in like Toronto and areas Stratford is really cool and there's gonna be a bed and breakfast there you know and so I've been working on their website yes it is where Justin Bieber is from I they have a little museum to him there and everything they're very proud of it yeah so funny (laughs) actually so our blueberry patch is on the highway that connects you with Stratford so I know that Justin Bieber has seen my sign for TNT berries if he's driven by in July or August (laughs) (laughs) and I am I am just praying that I will be at the patch when him and Haley decide to come in because I think that that will be that will be lots of fun. I yeah. respect that that reach. If Justin Bieber happens to have driven on the road at this point, no, in but the he year. no, no. Logic states he does have to pass the blueberry patch to get to Stratford, and he does go to Stratford quite often. And so 
yeah, you never know. But That's funny. back to the B&B. So I've just been helping with sourcing and finding things. And I didn't realize I had a love like, OK, working for nine, nine hours. Like, that's cool. But searching for a bath mat, you know, even cooler. <laughs> so <laughs> that's been that's been kind of what I've been up to. Well, what about yours? How's your week been? I mean, similar to you, also sick, unsimilar to you, it is COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Been a bit of a hit or miss week for me. I think in our last episode, I was just about to head to Nashville for my friend's bachelorette. And first off, Nashville's the coolest city. I had so much fun and like, I really want to go back and see more of it. It was like surprisingly way less country music focused than I really thought it was going to be but like live music everywhere so many so cool much fun, bars yeah. it's such a like bachelor I don't think I realized like I knew it was a popular destination for bachelorettes I don't think I realized like quite how popular it is as like like it is known as like a bachelorette city like there's murals that are like <laughs> bachelorette themed like it is very much known for being a host to yeah. bachelor bachelorette parties yeah super fun downside to such an amazing weekend trip was that I got COVID as did half of the other people that I was traveling with and I have since been dwelling in my parents basement for the last week I'm I am being a bit extra cautious because my brother is going away on a trip on the weekend so like I'm on day seven of isolation today which is like the standard in Canada for vaccinated people is five I'm pretty sure I'm not contagious anymore but I don't want to risk ruining somebody else's trip so I am dwelling in the basement until my day day 10 (laughs) but it's not so bad because I've got like space to work and tv and like access to the outside and my my mom leaves me (laughs) snacks and my meals at the top of the stairs and I like run up and grab them and scroll them (laughs) back away to my my basement I've even got an elliptical, which is uh, probably useful. not the best thing for you to be doing when when you're I, dealing with this. <laughs> true, yeah. To be fair, I did like two miles on it yesterday, and then immediately fell asleep for forty five minutes watching <laughs> Criminal Minds. Like, so like, <laughs> the, the COVID exhaustion is no joke, and like I'm definitely brain foggy. I've had a couple people at work point out just like weird things I've written in the middle of set like double words and stuff that they're like um is this supposed to be here and I'm like <laughs> oh my god I'd be like writing things last week and literally zone out and be like what am I doing oh my like, god it's so so foggy but like it is getting better well day, good so. I'm, I'm glad that you're you're on the mend so yeah. hopefully by next podcast that <laughs> you yeah. can be like I'm out and about people have left the basement <laughs> No, it, well, I've got to be out uh, technically by Thursday. I am, com- or Thursday, like Friday morning. I'm completely oh, like, perfect. free and not contagious. A very specific event that I may or may not be <laughs> <Yeah>. hosting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a friend of mine's having a birthday party on Saturday, so hopefully I'll be able to make that. To make your reemergence as, 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 yeah. as brandished as possible. But okay, so without further delay, it is my great pleasure or our great pleasure to welcome Deb onto the At Wits End podcast. Okay. Hi, Deb. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I am super excited to be here. I feel like this episode is such a long time coming. We knew for a while that we wanted to do an episode on reading because both Maggie and I love books. Debbie, you were obviously the perfect addition to this. For a bit of introductory context for our listeners, Deb's bookstagram account has almost 20,000 followers, which is huge. But Deb, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of maybe explain to our listeners what a bookstagram actually is. I agree. As soon as you two started this podcast, I knew that 
eventually I was going to sneak my way onto this. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I run what I guess we call a bookstagram account. And it's at the little things and more and basically bookstagram is the book community on instagram similar to book talk on tiktok it's just a place where i like to share some of my favorite books and reads some book reviews and i originally started it because i was trying to figure out what to read i've connected with so many people over the stories that we love and like it's wild how many people people i talk to on a daily basis now (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. So, okay, so why don't you take us back to those first moments of getting into this community? How's this journey been? You know, when did the account really take off? And when did it go from just being something passing fancy to something a little bit more? Well, I will say I'd been toying with the idea for a while. Two of my friends had a bookstagram account at Listen Books and at The Glam Bookworm, two of my, as we call it, in real life friends. (laughs) Yeah, IRL, um, we're hip here. And I guess I just like decided to take the plunge and create my own account. I wasn't expecting to be where I am today, obviously. You're almost at 20,000 followers? Yes, I'm at 17.2. That's so crazy. I feel like it took off so, like, as an outsider, too, I feel like watching your account take off, it seemed like it happened so quickly or was such a, like, steady growth from, like, at least from what I remember. Yeah, so, I mean, this is kind of a bad thing, but also, I guess, a good thing. The pandemic kind of fueled that. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> we have to find our silver linings everywhere. I've got lots exactly. of <laughs> My original goal of starting this was, you know what? I'm going to start this account. I'm going to get one free book. <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) And that was kind of my intention at starting this account. Now I get I remember that actually. I remember you saying that. Yeah, and I remember messaging you to be like, Kim, what do you think of my handle? Do you think I should make it more book related? Can you please be crafty and creative? Because I can't come up with (laughs) handles. What happened was I started in February 2020 and I was still commuting at the time, so I was reading a lot more than I originally had in prior years. Backstory, I didn't read that much growing up. I had a lot of piano lessons and school uh, activities. Mm-hmm. So I, when I wanted to do nothing, I wanted to play The Sims and go on MSN Messenger. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Both great yeah. pastimes as well. Yes, <laughs> I know you two can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. To find the little MSN noise, you know, when, when somebody Ding. would come online. Yeah, and it made yeah. It very, I'm going to source it. I'm going to see if I can find it. <laughs> do it. that's hilarious but yeah I uh, originally didn't really read growing up and then I started commuting I started learning what I like to read and then I was looking to goodreads for what I should read next I would sometimes check out like bookstores what you should read next list so I decided to start the account and then a month later we entered this global pandemic and more people were on their phones and I had a lot of free time on my hand. So I decided to just kind of post as much as I could. And I think a lot of people started in the pandemic. I had a group of girls who joined like around the same time. So like our follower count is very similar because you can tell like when we started. Right, right. Okay. (laughs) Like we made group chats and we connected, we had Zoom calls 
and we supported each other and shared each other's stuff. We had lives with authors. Like I think as much as, like you said, the silver lining to the pandemic was probably my bookstagram account. I love that. That's a yeah. great one. Well, and it's so, it's such an interesting like book talk and bookstagram and like those online reading communities are so interesting because like, like you said, I think a lot of people go into it looking for their own recommendations my whole tiktok feed is like so many book talk accounts and i love like seeing what is like popular and like what people are like picking up right now and i'm not someone who's like necessarily involved in the community but then there's a whole other side to like that book talk bookstagram community that is like like you said also people like supporting each other and like talking about books and like being more like active in it so like it's such an interesting corner of the internet and it's so crazy there's also like booktube which i haven't even dived into really yeah i've noticed like a lot more people on book talk these days so i'm trying my hand at videos which aren't going the greatest (laughs) so i'm sticking to the photos (laughs) the photos are always great but okay so let's get into it so now tell me both of you what is one book that impacted you more than any other you guys are gonna laugh at mine but you know when you read a book and it just it affects you emotionally and it stays with you and it leaves this impression what is that book for you I'd say the book that impacted me the most was probably Seeing Ghosts by Kat Chow. It's a memoir that follows the grief of losing her mother. She is a first-generation Chinese-American, and the relationship that Kat and her mother had are very similar to the relationship my mother and I have in terms of the stuff that her mother would do for her kind of had a morbid sense of humor seeing her describe her mom in a book and then having her talked through her grief about losing her mother I don't cry that often in books and like I used to say I don't cry in books at all but reading this I actually had to take a break and stop reading it because I I was so affected by it and I like I was scared to finish it Wow. Okay, you are. That... I don't even want to say my answer at this point because that is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. There's actually another book called Crying in H Mart, and it's oh, that's I, on I my reading it. list. Yeah, and it's very similar. And I'm very afraid to read it. Not because like I don't think it'll be good. It's because I think I'm gonna ball my eyes out. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. good. You need a little more bawling in your in your reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's no, my I crying list. <laughs> It's so interesting because, like, for me, it was Normal People by Sally Rooney that, like, I sobbed through that book. And I think for, like, I don't know really exactly what it was. Like, it's beautifully written as are, like, all of Sally Rooney's books. But, like, I think maybe you know similar to what you just said Deb it was it was the time of my life it was that I related so much to both of the characters and just this like communication breakdown that they were having between each other was something that like I saw a lot of parallels to my own life at that moment and like it Mm -hmm. hit me so hard emotionally that it was one of those books that like I couldn't put it down I, like, related so heavily to them, and then I had this, like, book hangover at the end of it, because I was (laughs) just, like, I'm, like, (laughs) yeah, I was, like, I just feel like I, like, re-emerged from this and was, like, oh, my God, I just feel like I felt all of that so heavily. I can appreciate the book hangover because I go through that multiple times, 
And then I'm like, oh, I'll just watch like 50 episodes of the same TV show I watched last <laughs> month. Anyway, yeah, can we make to recover. Is that a thing yet? Is book hangover a thing yet? Because we're we're making Oh, it is a thing. Okay, good. It is okay. a thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's it's wild how like a book can make you not want to read other books because it was so good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And I love and I feel like that's such a rare feeling to like like I feel like when I was a teenager more, I don't know if it's because I was reading like a little bit more back then that like I feel like I would always find these books that were just so good. But like I don't find that quite as often anymore where I'm so sucked into like a book or a series that I just like want to like, like I never want it to life. end. That is my whole life, Kimberly. This is <laughs> this is the issue. Yeah, I feel like you, you feel things. You feel things very, yeah, you feel things very deeply, which also leads me into you have to tell us what yours is now. <gasps> yes. Kim- can I just Please can I just start by saying that I I read the classics I read in different languages my my reading and n- nothing bad against this book or this author at all Message in a wait. Bottle by Nicholas Sparks guys Really <laughs> Yeah Kim, don't step on my punchline. You don't even know. But okay, let me lay the scene for you. Not that like we're bashing on Nicholas Sparks. He's a great author. I just didn't expect you to say that. Yes, and most people don't no. when I when I share this. This <laughs> honestly, this I I had more money on you saying like Percy Jackson and the Olympians <laughs> or something like that. That's my husband's favorite series that he's already trying to read to our one year old, and I was like, you know what, go for oh it. But okay, let me lay the scene and 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 give the backstory. So. I was in Mexico for a couple weeks in 2010 with my family, a mere 15-year-old. And although that book is, like, literally the furthest thing from, like, young love or something that should have affected me as a 15-year-old, I don't know if it was, you know, for anybody who hasn't read the book or doesn't know, it's basically about a woman who finds a message in a bottle along the shore. And the message is from a man who deeply loved his wife and then he lost her. And then she finds him and she slowly falls in love with him and embarks on a journey to know him better. And I'm not going to spoil the ending, but let me just say I was shook for like I was in I was near the water. I was on boats and I was just like my parents were like, are you OK? I was like, No. <laughs> didn't help that I was like in the scene of something similar and I was experiencing it all (laughs) so like Kim and I said I guess it the ones that hit you most are when you like are experiencing it or like have similarities and you're like wow like I could be this person (laughs) but I but that was far from what I could have been as a 15 year old with you know (laughs) like you were on a beach you were close enough you were environmentally in a similar space I was I was in (laughs) the scene of the of the books and that's what but yeah exactly it was just yeah the the atmosphere did it for me I guess but yeah it's no and it's like I can totally relate to your one too Deb because I remember I read actually like last month one attack Italian summer oh my gosh Rebecca Rebecca Searle that one also really like I almost abandoned it it's also about like the loss of this girl is probably close to our age and loses her mom and I in the early parts of the book almost like abandoned it because I was like this is actually just like upsetting me and like I don't know if I can like through it eventually I did and like I would say it gets less so focused on that as it progresses i see that happening another great book is in five years by rebecca searle i was just gonna i was just gonna yep yep 
I agree. <laughs> okay, that one's on my list. Okay, what genres are your favorites to read? Like, what are you guys currently reading? Because I'm very much loving fantasies at the moment, which is bringing what? me right back to, like, yeah, is bringing me right back to my, like, Kimberly. high school days of Twilight and, like, The Mortal I Instruments by Cassandra Clare. And, like, all those, like, that was, like, you know, it, like, in high school when it was just all those, like, star-crossed supernatural romance books. They were great. Why that, like, not? Ran- yeah, no, and they were. And, like, I just feel like it has been a long time since I've been in that genre, but like I am, I am back in right now. That's that's so funny you say that because at like when I started getting back, getting into reading, really, I was like, <laughs> I will, like I I can't do fantasy. It's like too much for me. Like I can't do the like the world building. And then finally, like in the pandemic, I started reading fantasy, and I was like, what have I been missing here? Typically, I go towards like more memoirs and romances. Yeah, like the beach reads, like the easy to reads, like happily ever afters, but. I, like I'm also starting to go towards fantasy more which is so interesting because I was like I swear I'll never read fantasy that is so yeah funny. fantasy is actually my number one genre it's not like what I'm currently into right now but if you guys mm-hmm. are entering the world of fantasy I have long been in thy world and so <laughs> two series I highly recommend one is not finished yet so I don't even know if I should put you through reading two of the three books to then find out that the third may or may never come out, but The Name of the Wind, The King Killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss will make you love school again. I That book made me want to <laughs> learn and just, you know, it, it's very fantasy. There's magic. There's lots of, you know, but like scientific magic. So I was like right up my alley over here. And then the other oh. one is the Iron Druid series by Kevin Hearn. You know, so in that one, all the gods, all the monsters are alive, and how does it work together? And he's a druid. He's 2,000 years old, and he's hot. So I think <laughs> I gather. <laughs> Highly recommend. Maggie, I think you would love Anatomy by Dana Schwartz. It's, like, not fantasy. Just thinking about it now, it, like, screams you. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm excited. I'm going to be reading it and be like, Tilo, this screams me. This <laughs> <laughs> Deb says, I mean, this screams me. No, I 100% will. He's going to be like, who is Deb? I take that as, you know, he knows, he knows. I take that very, when someone's like, I recommend, I think you'll love this. And then I take, I'm very, actually, so this is, this is our first tangent of the episode. Kim, can you recall a story of once telling someone that they would love something and they got very upset by it? Do you remember that story? Yeah. Yeah, so to, yes. to, to retell this story, basically we had... Well, now I'm afraid. No, no, it's, it's a funny one. It's a funny one. We had like... It's you, Deb. <laughs> yeah. It's not. We've actually brought you on this podcast for a confrontation. Roast you. <laughs> no. So Kitchener Waterloo, where I'm at, is famous for their Oktoberfest, which is like the, the Bavarian beer festival i guess is the best way to to describe that yeah and kim had gone to one of the festivities and she had told a friend of ours you know you would love this they they were an avid beer drinker and 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 so she's like this this Oktoberfest, this is for you and this person was like how dare you think to know me <laughs> and they got upset. it was the most bizarre interaction i've ever what? had i was like i'm so i am so sorry never mind you would have had a terrible time <laughs> I will never suggest that you would have enjoyed yourself at this, like, local event. So now when someone's like, I think you like this, or they recommend, I'm like, I must surely do. I will definitely check it out. Let me just preface this by saying the book is about 
this girl who wants to go into med school and so but it's like in the romantic era oh, okay. the part that i don't think screams you is the part where the other main character is a grave digger sorry a, a <laughs> body snatcher oh. from graves that's that's not the part i think screams you okay i'll make note of that i think i think the part that like something you said just now and the way you're describing your fantasy i was like oh that book comes to mind and like your love of like plants and learning and like I think that's what you're gonna enjoy. I'm excited. I will. We'll have to put together. And also, a list, we think you'd be a body snatcher. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that too. Okay, Deb. What are you reading right now? Like you said, you were kind of like diving into the fantasy, but what what is your current focus? I actually just finished Every Summer After. It was amazing. I feel like Cam, you would love it. It's about a girl who goes to her summer cottage every year in Ontario, nonetheless. But right now I'm finishing up Heartbroak by Chelsea Beaker. It's a collection of short stories. And I'm deciding what other book to start because I do this thing where I read multiple books at a time. But I do that too. And then I get overwhelmed (laughs) by having like nine books on the go and then panic and finish all of them and then do it all over again. (laughs) I feel that hard. I have This Vicious Grace by Emily Feed on my desk, as well as In the Dark We Forget, Sandra S.G. Wong, and then Simo Louise, We Were Dreamers. That's his memoir that actually came out today, May 17th. So they're all over the place. One is fantasy, one is a thriller, one's a collection of short stories, and one is a memoir. <laughs> I love the mix. I love that because I'm currently like Crescent City by Sarah J. Mass, and <sighs> also Run Rose Run by Dolly Parton and James Patterson. And okay, what is that also, Honestly, very cool. So like it, I'm pretty sure most of it, and I don't know the facts on this, but I'm pretty sure most of it is written, written, like the novel itself is written by James Patterson, who's like, for anyone who doesn't know, he's like a pretty prominent mystery thriller kind of writer. And then Dolly Parton co-wrote it, but she also wrote an album that goes along with it. And so like the story is about this like young songwriter. She's on the run from something. You don't really know what it is, but like she's in danger, but she's also like trying to become a songwriter. And so like throughout the book, she's like coming up with these like little bits of lyrics and like performing these songs Mm. and you can read the lyrics in the book, but then you can also go onto like Apple Music and listen to Dolly Parton sing the album. That's cool. That's cool. I always had an idea to do that. Which is very very cool. I did. I was like, wouldn't it be so cool if you had a soundtrack that you could listen to a book to and then you're like in a movie because the soundtrack plays as you read it? That's, I like the music aspect. That's very cool. No, that is, I actually, there are a lot of authors like back in like the, the days where Tumblr and stuff were really popular. I remember a lot of teen writers would do soundtracks to the book and it was like usually like stuff they were like writing to. And I remember I used to like, if I loved a book I would like look up these like soundtracks and like add the music and they were always like these like moody like yes yeah I bet teen <laughs> teen romance songs a lot of authors bookagram now they post their inspiration or their playlist for the books I have a writer friend I met online and I talk to her almost daily now she posts inspiration for each of her books that she's writing oh that's such a see I love that oh my god that's so cool 
Yeah, see, I, I yeah. it's always, like, a good way to, like, find some new songs, too, especially if you're, like, oh, I love this book, and so if, like, the songs are gonna take you, like, back to that mm-hmm. place. Yeah, that is I know, so I cool. Totally and, like, agree. yeah, definitely relate to the reading multiple yeah. genres. I think my third one right now is Braiding Sweetgrass. Yes, that's by a good one. Robin Wall Kim- Kimmerer. Oh, which that's is, like, on my list. Nonfiction. Oh, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's one. really good so yeah. far. Yeah. They, what are you reading right now, Maggie? So right now I'm still I'm forever like if you guys are reading multiple books I usually have just like two two avenues of reading open one of them is always murder mystery like I can't get enough and then right now I'm all about give me like ancient times but a rewrite craft it again make it cooler and so I'm still reading because I don't know let's find the word for I cannot finish this book because I don't want it to end. And I actually, in our Philomath today, I think I have the exact word for that of just the stress. So I'm reading uh, The Agony and the Ecstasy. So it's basically just about Michelangelo's life and it's by Irving Stone. And as an artist who loves Italy, who loves that time, I'm just soaking it in and loving that. And then if you guys have read or I recommend both Circe and The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. So that's the kind of vibe. Give me give me Greece, give me Italy, give me ancient times. That's that's really what I am. One happy camper staying up till 2 a.m. on a weeknight getting through. So <laughs> now Maggie, have you read The Silent Patient or Oh, we The were, Silent we Patient's really good. No, I haven't. You know what, guys? We'll have to put together a mashup of, of all books the books really that we talk about. I'll yeah, put you guys... together a master list for us and then we can share it with both followings of, of books that we're loving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, now Deb, how do you do it? How do you make time to read as many books as you do? I, I mentioned before, I, I get so attached to books that sometimes I just don't want them to end and so I slow down or I have that, that hangover after reading a book and I just, I need a break. <laughs> for a long time and then I'm back on the train so how, how do you go about it? I guess since I never really read growing up I'm kind of making up for lost time and since I've discovered this love of reading I'm trying to read as much as possible essentially but <laughs> I found that like I just try and make time sometimes instead of watching and I'm sort of friends I've seen for the 50th time, I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll read instead. But I do also bring my Kobo everywhere I go. It fits in my purse, um, like just in case the off chance I get a spare moment. But I've also really got into audiobooks and it's really easy to like keep up with my never ending to be read list by listening to stories while I'm like doing household chores or driving. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. I even like exercise while reading like audiobooks. I think I feel I like that too. Yeah, I do it too. Yeah. Like, mm, no audio. All the treadmill and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm like yeah. I'm always so impressed by how many how many books because I have Deb on Goodreads, which for anyone who doesn't know, Goodreads <laughs> is like a website where people like review books and you can track reading goals and find new books. And Deb's reading goals keep me humbled. <laughs> how many <laughs> books are you aiming to read this year? Slash how far are you into your goal at this point? As of today, I've read 33. My goal this year is 100. Last year, I read 120. And the year before that, I read 112. But Kim, if you want to feel better, my fiance has read probably one book this year. So you're doing great. (laughs) I'm after everybody. 
I'm like, my goal, my goal is 40. I'm at 13. I think I tried to read like 50 amazing. last year, but I, I came up short. But I definitely, like, I always just see it's like, Deb's finished a book. Deb's finished a book. <laughs> and I'm like, I am so impressed. Do you um, count, do you count well, audiobooks in your, in your total reads? Because if we do, then I'm at like 25. So that's actually not as tragic because I... Yeah, I know audiobooks. Oh, count. okay. Then yeah, I'm doing not bad. I absolutely <laughs> yeah. do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Audiobooks. Call totally audiobooks. Count. Deb, do you ever reread books? Because like often with audiobooks, I find that like if I know the story, especially for something like cleaning or like housework, then I'll put on an audiobook that I know well because I'm already so I don't have to like pay attention to the story. Do you ever reread books? I do reread books. I don't read them as much as I'd love to though I there's so many books I save and I'm like I have to read this again next year and then I'm like oh I have like 25 other books I should be reading right now because not not that you ever like should be reading something or like you have to read 100 books a year kind of thing but because I get a lot of advanced reading copies I'm trying to keep up and read them before those publishing dates so that I can put my review out so that other people can get the opportunity to like pre-order that or kind of go out on the pub day and stuff so I think trying to keep up with all of those dates has forced me not to reread as many as I'd like to but I do I have reread Confessions of a Shopaholic a bunch um it's kind of like my not guilty pleasure because I'm very proud of the fact that I love that book but sometimes I like forget the romance stories I've read just because if I'm in a romance kick I'll read six at a time and then they all kind of blend so sometimes they do I really re-read. start blending yeah I read like the beach read the unhoneymooners like a bunch of them back to back and I was like I think I need a break from the enemies to to lovers, to lovers. Yeah. Well, lovers. that like I have <laughs> yeah. like they're all blending into the same story I totally agree I think that's why I'm such a mood reader too because if I'm like oh I've read five romances maybe it's time to read something else and I don't I don't like to set like a set goal of like I'm reading this book and this book and this book per month just because I know myself. <laughs> yeah. No, no, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. How do you guys feel about abandoning yeah. books? Because that's something that I've like really had to come to terms with over the past couple of years because I used to be like the person who would like force myself to finish something even if I hated every second of I've it. Only... And like now I've had this ep- epiphany of like life's too short. I've only done it to twice. Finish these yeah. Books. Yeah. It's called DNFing a book, did not finish. Okay. <laughs> um, I love the no, terminology. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of acronyms that I've learned slash come up with slash discovered. I originally was in the same boat. Like I never, I always wanted to finish a book. And I think that's partly why I like never read in high school because I'd start a book. It wouldn't be my cup of tea. And then I'd be like, oh, I haven't read in years. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I feel like on my bookshelf, I have three categories and those books are books that I haven't read yet and like I want to and then there's the books that I'm holding on to because I either want to lend them to someone or would totally recommend them or want to reread them which similar to what you said Deb I feel like it doesn't come around very often that I reread books but there are like some specific ones that I have gone back to and then there's like this category on my shelf for books that I don't necessarily love, but I just feel that they're like the staple of any good library. And that is where (laughs) Catcher in the Rye lives. And when I tell you there is no book that makes me more angry when I'm reading it. Oh my god. Than Catcher in the Rye. So anxious. 
oh, it just made me mad. He was so whiny. <laughs> and I know there are so many people that love Catcher in the Rye, but I, this is, this is a tangent, but like funny story. I had to read Catcher in the Rye in grade 11 and I hated it. Like I, like to the point where my teacher would laugh when I'd put up my hand because he could see how mad I was. <laughs> and like then grade 12, I was in writer's craft and my teacher gave us this assignment where we had to write a piece of like a page basically as if we were a famous person so we had to like research their interviews and like basically try to like write as if we were this famous person okay. and for some reason beyond me I was like oh JD Salinger is who I'll write as even though I couldn't stand him and also this man gave no interviews his whole life so why I thought like oh this will be easy it wasn't, but I grew an appreciation for who he was as a person, and so I bought this copy of Catcher in the Rye, and then I was like, oh, I'll read Franny and Zoe a couple years later. Hated every second of it. It took me three <laughs> months to finish the book. It's 160 pages. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. It just makes me angry and anxious, so I... Yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah, there's... <laughs> there's something and truly what I've learned is that is J.D. Salinger as a person is what I I learned is he was very much exactly like his characters and well I feel like that's what um, people they write what they know right so maybe consciously or subconsciously <laughs> there's a little bit of something. yeah now are you guys more yeah. like series or standalone like I think I I tend to if I see a series that I'm excited but my one it has to be done I, I have a hard time starting a series after this one fantasy series that has literally it's been like 10 years no third book yet he keeps talking about it everybody hates him now and is very angry with him <laughs> but I know when the book comes out everybody will read it but I think I do enjoy a series so where do you fall for series versus standalone I mean I like both <laughs> I will say if like obviously I'm like I, I hate standalone books <laughs> no but like if the series is good then I love having something to look forward to though I agree like when you're waiting for the next book to come out you can be like oh this is so annoying especially when you kind of like come out of reading the last one then like this is gonna sound the most basic for anyone who <laughs> is an avid reader but I got so hooked on those Court of Thorns and Roses books by Sarah J Mass last year and like devoured the whole series in like a month and a half and now I'm just like sitting here patiently waiting which is why I've started reading the Crescent City books Crescent which are City. her other series <laughs> yeah just to like have something similar because I'm like oh I just need I need more. more. Yeah. And now I'm like stuck waiting for these books are like 800 pages. Like, you know, you're not getting another one for at least a couple of <laughs> years. But it is what it is. What about you, Deb? I'm a mood reader through and through. I think I can say it depends on my mood. Very fair. I yeah, do, I do fair. agree. Like, sometimes I'm like, I really want to continue this and I want to know what happens. But sometimes I'm like, I can enjoy like, oh, this like did not need an ending. It was perfect or did not need like another book. It was perfect, like just the way it was. But I think as someone who like enjoys the happily ever afters and like knowing more and like, I love a good epilogue. I think I will gravitate towards series or those like series where like the books don't necessarily relate or you need to read them in order. Right. But the like whole universe. you get like a piece of everything. Yeah. The same universe. Yeah. 
my next question then what is your like preferred method of reading because I know like we said I think we all have acknowledged that we listen to audiobooks and I will stand by that audible is like the one subscription that everybody should have yes and uh, like I love my kindle when I'm traveling but I know like e-readers can be controversial topic for some people some people are like paper give me paper or what do you guys like prefer (laughs) that's my answer (laughs) I, again, I will say, weirdly, this depends on my mood. Yeah, I, I feel really that. Crave, yeah, I crave, like, holding a physical book and, like, reading by, like, in a certain atmosphere. But my Kobo is just so light and easy to read. Like, I can read it in bed with the lights off. I can read with one yeah. hand. My hand doesn't get tired. I can read upside down and it won't fall right. in my face. <laughs> no I um, I totally agree that's like the big perk of those like I have a Kindle and like being able to turn the lights out and read and then when my eyes are like you know I'm starting to fall asleep I can just like toss my e-reader onto my bedside table is like the yeah. biggest perk and I definitely go phases where I'm like I'm only reading on my Kindle and then I'm like no I want a paper book and then I'm like now I'm only listening to audiobooks <laughs> No, I totally feel that. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Or like, I'll just do all three at once so that I can just switch whenever I want to read a different book. <laughs> I like that. That, that yeah. actually keeps the variety in it. I think yeah. that's it's why. It's like a divide. I'm, it's like a divider. Yeah. I think that's why I'm always reading multiple books because sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to read like a physical book. So I'll like start one of those. And then I'm like, oh, no, tonight I want to like read my Kobo. So I'll like I'll read a different book. So then I have all these opportunities really That's no like, I totally I always count like audiobook as completely separate I will say sometimes if I'm like really into a book I will like go on Libby to find whatever book I'm physically reading whether it be a physical book or a Kobo book and I'll find it on audiobook so like if I'm making a drive, I can continue reading it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's... Oh, my God. That's so smart. <laughs> Especially because Libby, like, oh. has so many books and, like, it's free because it's the library. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't yeah. I just listen to it now? <laughs> no, it's, that's, a, that's a great yeah. way to, to never never let it stop. <laughs> Brings headphones <laughs> to a party and it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, like a headphone disco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's an no, audio No, I mean, phone? like, no, she wants to continue the book at a party, so she just has her headphones in. <laughs> yeah, like a headphone disco. No, but, like, no one else is aware. No one else is wearing headphones. Um, okay. Okay. I was picturing, like, like beats. No. (laughs) Like, very obviously. Very secret AirPods with her hair in front of her ears so that she could just, you know, hold her drink and smile as she continues reading. (laughs) Yeah, we had different visions here. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a tough question because I think the answer is almost always no for any book that's made a transition to like a movie or a TV show. But are there any adaptations that done the book justice? I am really bad at this because I get really impatient when the movie or TV show comes out and then I start the show or movie and then I forget to read the book. I know that sounds really bad, but I did that with Nine Perfect Strangers did that with Freddy Player One but I will say I did read The Fault in Our Stars first and although that book is great I think that the adaptation was still like really good and I think I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks that but I (laughs) I I, this was also I read I read this before I'd really gotten into reading as well so 
that's one that yeah. I kind of think of and I don't I don't know if now if I went back and read the book and watched the movie would I think the same but I'll report back on that <laughs> I thought that was a really good one too the fault in our stars and I my, like my answer to this would be that the going back to my first answer the BBC's adaptation of normal people with Paul Mescal and Daisy Edgar Jones was like such a good adaptation of the book like so spot on to the point that I struggled to finish the TV show because because it was again giving me this like hang emotional Aww. hangover that I needed to like pause between episodes whereas I thought I was going to be so excited for the show and I actually like I struggled a little bit with it but only because of how good it was and there's a new Sally Rooney adaptation starting this month Conversations with Friends which is also an amazing book but Taylor Swift's boyfriend Joe Alwyn is the lead in it so I'm really excited for that one and I would also say that St- there are some pretty amazing Stephen King adaptations like that's a good Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile and stuff I would say pretty closely rival those books yeah see for me it goes to the classics like message in a bottle no not message in a bottle (laughs) I actually I can't make myself watch that movie guys (laughs) oh my god you have have to to. no I can't (laughs) I don't want to bring up stir up emotions that are 10 years gone now. No, no, I'm talking like like actual literary classics. Like so Jane Austen's there's a few of the movies from her books that I actually found to be pretty good. Like the BBC version of Pride and Prejudice, it's really long and kind of drab, but as far as like capturing the characters in the books, mm-hmm. I found that they did a good job with that. And then the other one that I loved both versions is Emma. And so there was one with Gwyneth Paltrow that came out, I think, somewhere in the 90s. But they redid it again, I think, last year. And what I love about that in my whole, like, recrafting classics is in that movie, it's the same story. They, they got the characters bang on, but they brought, you know, they, they breathed new life into the colors and, and the visuals of the story. And so I really love that. But I will tell you guys, I did just see Death on the Nile featuring Gal Gadot which is the Hercule Poirot murder mystery written by Agatha Christie and I was very unimpressed I think it as most yeah, adaptations for me. Yeah, I heard that movie me, was kind of like... Uh, I was like, this sucks. Like, this is, this is, yeah. you know, and I'm I'm in the theater <laughs> and Tilo's like, please quiet down. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? You know, and I'm the one who's getting aggressively, you know, angry during it. But because I'm so loyal to Agatha Christie, uh, for the most part, and to her, <laughs> her written works that I'm like, you can do better in a movie and so actually like she's, yeah. she's probably one of my favorite authors but you know speaking of who is your favorite author and why and you have to only choose one i know that's such a tough question and everyone asks me i would think i'd have to go with sophie kinsella yeah she's um, too. <laughs> I, yeah i know that's why we love each other i i've never like the, there's only one book that i like was like man i won't read this again but i would reread every single one of sophie's books again and i think the way that she writes her characters and the reason why I love them so much is because the way their train of thought works is how my brain works. And again, like going back to that thing where we love the books that we relate to, like, I'm like, wow, this person is me, even though like, I'm obviously not going through what they're going through. (laughs) I'm not in London right now, but (laughs) no, all the scenarios that they go through are ridiculous. And like, that also makes it fun. And it's 
romance yeah. and it, it, they're just fun to read yeah, i always tell they are just fun they're such that, a happy yeah read anything by sophie kinsella i tell everybody sophie kinsella is like reading a rom-com and it, it has you it laughing is. there's character development you may or may not be crying and and so yeah she's a good kim what's what's yours this question I feel is like so hard and I almost feel like I would have a different answer for every genre because I feel like you can be like one Kim okay fine (laughs) (laughs) if I had to pick one I do think that like in terms of just like the sheer volume that Stephen King has been able to produce and maintain quality makes him like as someone who like also writes for a living like I just really admire his like bottomless well of creativity that he seems to have he's so good at those skin crawling his descriptions are so vivid that you feel like you're there and he's also very very good at writing from the perspective of a kid which I feel like is really Really hard to do as an adult, but to do like Stand By Me and It and all these stories of, you know, kids coming, banding, the neighborhood kids banding together and like doing it in a way that's still scary is so, (laughs) yeah, I just think he's so talented, a little bit scary, but like very very talented. You imagine it was like Stephanie Meyer from Twi- like Twilight. Is, <laughs> I, is, you know what her writing is good. Her writing is for the movies, okay. But the, I know. was gonna say, I, how did no one say the fever dream that was the first Twilight movie <laughs> by Catherine Hardwick? Because that, if we're talking adaptations, maybe we shouldn't talk adaptations in that case. <laughs> There is so many, like, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the TikToks that are just diving into some of the weird things that, like, you maybe missed in those first Twilight movies, but my favorite is when Emmett walks into the cafeteria with a giant Ziploc bag filled with hard-boiled eggs. Why? <laughs> Why? I've never, is he... I've never noticed that. I mean, need to oh my god, this. no, you need to go back and watch because he walks in, he has a giant, like, freezer-sized Ziploc bag, and it is full of eggs, and he plops it down on the table for his lunch, and I don't know if that was supposed to be, like, a vampire is trying to figure out, like, what a, like, bulky gym guy would eat at lunch. That, <laughs> and there is a scene where she's, like, packing, and she's fighting, you know, when she has to, like, stage a fight with her dad, to like get out because she's on the run from those like vampires that are hunting her he goes upstairs but there is a scene as she's running up the staircase and he is very obviously hiding in her bedroom and it was like there was no need to put him there because you knew in the next scene (laughs) he was in the room but he is like comically hiding in her bedroom (laughs) when she's going up the stairs it's like a blink and you'll miss it scene and it is so funny i'll have to find that we we i do rewatch the twilight series i'll find the tiktoks and i will i'll yeah i'll I'll, like post them on our instagram store like we'll link them or something because they're they're so funny okay last question to wrap up this segment And this is potentially just as hard as the last one. But, Deb, if you could recommend three books that everyone should read, what would they be? Well, I think you all know one of my answers would be (laughs) Confessions of a Shopaholic by Sophie Kinsella. Partly because I relate to that as a shopaholic myself. Also, if you like it, there's like 10 more books to read. So it's just like a never-ending comedic Like the Princess Diaries. Uh, Yes. Exactly. My second book 
would be it's kind of like cop out because it's actually two books but the fable <laughs> series okay and the reason i say this series a fable by adrian young and namesake by adrian young the second one this was like the first book i've ever cried in and i don't normally cry in books as i said before so i think that one really stuck with me but obviously to read the second you have to read the first so that's kind of my way of okay speaking that's to fair in there okay but then i think the last one I would say, because I always recommend this to people, is A House in the Sky by Amanda Linhout. She got kidnapped on as a photojournalist, and it's about her journey and her. It's a memoir from her, from her time in captivity. And listening to her story is like truly inspiring. And she, she's so resilient, and she just went through a lot. And I actually got to meet her a few oh, years wow. ago with my mom. Her mom wrote a book about her experience of going through the kidnapping and ransom calls so I went to her mom's book signing and they were both there and I got to meet her wow. and her mom and I went with my mom so it was like also kind of experience oh that's really nice in like a that's so cool yeah, yeah. well so that does wrap up the first segment of the show Deb thank you so much for joining us today thank you and can you tell our listeners where they can find you online Yes, thank you so much for having me. You can find me on Instagram at the little things and more. And you can find me on TikTok trying to make book videos <laughs> at the same handle. <laughs> oh my god, I don't think I follow you on TikTok. I'm literally to going to follow you this right episode. now. <laughs> Perfect. I have 158 followers now. Oh, there goes my TikTok. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> followed but yeah okay all right well thanks Perfect. Deb <laughs> yeah, yeah, no yes thank you and we'll link all everything that Deb just mentioned in the show notes so that you can find her easily and we'll also be taking her on our Instagram so make sure you're following that and we'll wrap up this segment and let Deb get back to her books yeah <laughs> 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 thanks so much for having me it was so nice chatting about Thank books you. and maggie i'm gonna have to read a message in the bottle now i'll report back okay <laughs> go to a beach yeah day. i think i like put like a a cap on my nicholas sparks books but like maybe maybe i'll dip my toe back in for all of a sudden this, nicholas like... sparks sees a, a revamp of <laughs> <laughs> yeah nicholas sparks's sales spike you're welcome <laughs> Okay, but so only much, a message in a bottle <laughs> okay. now on to the last segment of two the second of two segments on the show we are <laughs> on to the back. so i basically came across this word while i was doing some research for this episode and it's bibliosmia have you ever heard of that word? No. So it's the individual scent attached to a particular book. And it's it's this idea of like the love of the smell of old books. And so it got me thinking like there's got to be lots of words that start with biblio and they mean something to do with reading. And so for our Philomath today, I have words for book lovers. We may not know all the cool abbreviations in the bookstagram world, but here are some some words for everybody. So, bibliosoph, one who is particularly knowledgeable about books. Abibliophobia, 
is the fear of running out of reading material. <laughs> Biblio bibuli. <laughs> Sorry. Biblio bibuli. It's literally that. I am reading the word. Biblio bibuli. Bibli is what you just said. <laughs> it's people who read too much, Kim. So maybe you're a biblio bibuli. <laughs> I feel like that's what your brain feels like when you read too much. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Biblio later is a person who passionately, who is passionately enthusiastic about books. Yeah, I feel like you're making these up. I am looking at a potentially accredited <laughs> list from a potentially credible source. Okay. It's like the way somebody who from a potentially credible source. It's like the way that when people are like, like the greeting of biblio like book lovers biblio later (laughs) okay biblio taff one who buries books by hiding them locking them away or otherwise shutting them up and keeping them from use which just reminds me of joey putting the shining in the freezer in friends (laughs) to you know yeah that was bibliotaphic Next, Bukarazzi, a person who excitedly takes photos of books they read and posts them online. Book bosomed. Book bosomed. Book bosomed. Someone who carries a book with them at all times. Epiolatry is the worship of words. Okay, you try. E P E O L A T R Y. Epiolatry. Epiolatry. I speak Italian, okay? Um, Hamarshia. Yeah. Is a fatal flaw leading to the downfall of a tragic hero or heroine. A logophile. Can you guess what a logophile is? Like someone who loves like the book covers. A lover of words. Oh. Regret is the feeling of fury or sadness for putting off reading a certain book until now when you should have read it years ago. I get that a lot. Oh, I've had a few of those, yeah. <laughs> Scripturant. <laughs> Having a strong urge to write. Someone's going to comment on this and be like, do these girls know how to read? (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) The last one. Shelf-righteous is a feeling of superiority about one's bookshelf. Oh my god, I like that one, shelf-righteous. Yeah, I think that that does conclude the philomath. Short, sweet. Uh, I will post this list and you try to read it flawlessly on the air. (laughs) After being in a recording booth for over an hour. Okay, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> but that does conclude okay. this episode. The little yes, things you, and more. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at at Wits End Podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a rating and review. And until next time, bye. Bye-bye.